Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast by Trey, where we talk about this thing called life and how we can manage and walk through it together. I'm your host and facilitator, Trey, and we'll be facilitating this podcast as usual. Thank you for liking and sharing and commenting um, in your support of this podcast. I appreciate it. Um, you can always find us on Anchor FM, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, as usual, or any other podcasting streaming platforms. That is available out there. I don't know all of them anymore. Um, if you subscribe, you'll um, get the links earlier instead of me just waiting for the links to drop and stuff like that. And so we continue to appreciate your support. Always be mindful that if you want to talk about some different topics, let me know. Um, have feedback, let me know. Um, and then I can figure out if I can get those topics in or not for you. So can't get everything in, but we'll, we'll figure out what we can do. So. Uh, again, this is a social work podcast, so you know we talk about all things social work, and that means life, health, mental health, stress, um, social justice issues, community issues, um, politics, all that good stuff. And so that was one of the reasons why I started that podcast. This podcast, I wanted to do that, and I wanted to encompass every single thing, um, especially also the things that I'm interested in and passionate about as well as too. So that's what we are going to do. And so I wanted to today talk about uh, access to mental health care. I've been in the mental health field for about almost going on 10 years now and um, recently been more so in the addiction substance abuse side and um, still have that mental health component of substance abuse. I'm a firm believer in that, that, you know, can't do anything substance abuse or addictions related without mental health. And so um, I say I've been in the field about mental health about 10 years and I've done it on different areas, different arenas. First started in inpatient psychiatric working on a psychiatric unit with um, children all the way up to adults. So that was up to from five years of age all the way up to 65, 70, 80 years of age, um, up to 90 almost. So I've dealt with a the different range of people in psychiatric care um, at that current moment of time. I'm at a local hospital in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, from there, I did um, therapeutic day treatment in um, high school with high school students um, out in a rural county in Essex and then um I then uh got my master's in social work, finished up with that. Um during that time I worked in nonprofit for a little bit as an intern, did some um community work with uh uh middle school students who were um they weren't at risk, were they? No, they were uh, they were kids who were, you know, on the verge of getting kicked out of school or just getting in trouble a little bit too much. And so we um, did an after-school program with them working on conflict resolution, some mental health components involved with that. Um, but that was great. That was a great program. Shout out to uh, Bunny Child to us, Child Dester. Um, she taught me a lot about working with people, and she's not a clinician. Um, but there's a lot of conflict resolution in and of that, in that sense. And so we did that, and I was out in the rural area. That was in King George. I did that transition to RACAP, which is a child abuse and neglect um, agency that um, nonprofit. And um, they did parenting classes. And also um, we did a program in the jail um, in Pamunkey Regional Jail in Caroline, which is closed down now. It's actually one of the was one of the ice holding centers, um, which is ironic, ice holding centers for um, undocumented immigrants and um at that time, before it was just a regular jail, they had a lot of different programs 
at Pamunkey, and one program was called um, this Inside Out Dads program, which is part of the National Fatherhood Initiative that uh, we walk, came in to work with incarcerated men on how to create and maintain relationships with their children um, along with, uh, with their family members. And so we did that for a while. I did that for a couple months and um, transitioned out of that. Well, that was prior to the, the program in King George with the kids and after school. And, um, you know, I did my own community work around mental health, mental health in the black community. Uh, wrote a book about mental health in the black community. Um, created some um, classes and workshops around mental health in the black community, uh, around mental health in general. Um, just just working and trying to change the narrative around mental health. Postgraduate after master's level, I... Um, I worked in crisis therapy, so I was an emergency services um, therapist at a local community service board, and um, I did crisis assessments for people who were suicidal, homicidal, um, or danger to themselves, danger to others, not taking care of themselves, assessed them for psychiatric care for a psychiatric hospital um, or outpatient treatment or um, state hospitalization sometimes. So, you know, I did that, and then... um, now I've transitioned into working in addictions clinic, um, primarily people who are who are dealing with opioids, opioid addiction, and working as a kind of a case manager uh, for referrals or referrals for case management um, for resources in the community in the Richmond area, and also um, just anything else that they need that might can help them succeed along their their. Um, recovery so yeah i've every time i go through that i'm like man i've been in a lot of different settings <laughs> um and i've been here for a while um because even though it's only been a brief amount of time it feels like by numbers wise those 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 years and, and dates and times weigh on you and so i'd like to give the recap of that a lot of people don't know the extent um of my experience and then they only because I, you know, I do a lot of different things. Um, people only think me, know me for one thing, and so I, I, I do have some experience in, in mental health and, and from different settings, and from very, very uh, difficult settings, difficult job settings that you know a lot of people shy away from typically. And so the only thing I haven't done is residential, and um, I said I would never do residential. I just don't think I'm built for it. Um, but some would say psychiatric care, psychiatric hospitalization and crisis. They, you know, they wouldn't do that either. So even in that, man, um, you know, I was, you know, thinking about access to mental health care and I was on a podcast called American American Therapy. Um, shout out to Sasha and Star, um, for allowing me to be on that, 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 that podcast. And, um, we was just talking about, you know, different, different ways that we can, um, you know, influence mental health care legislators on mental health care, you know, how we can address it better. And, you know, we talked about like being specific in what we asked for around programs um, and implementation of programs to like back it and fund it so we can, you know, get into school systems, get into community. And, you know, my, when we asked that question um, or a statement, we was talking about it. I was, um, I, you know, I gave the generic answer of just access to mental health care. And, you know, 
we talked about it being more specific because legislators, you know, you know, would hear that and say, okay, well, you know, what else? So what about, you know, they're just kind of brush you off a little bit because you're not really being specific. And I was, um, you know, I still stood by it and I was like, man, I should have, you know, maybe should have expounded upon it more, but I really felt like access, um, even though it may not be as, um, how you say, uh, specific, it's general. I just felt like that's the barrier. <laughs> um, it's a real barrier. And I felt, and I wanted to expound upon that. I meant to do it earlier in the podcast episodes, but I really want to expound upon that because it access to mental health care means access to, to, to get the treatment that you need and deserve. And when I say access, I mean, okay, access trans let's look at transportation the transportation to do so right so because i want to keep in the forefront i think when we we start talking about programs and policies we sometimes get away from the original point of what we're asking for so in the realm of like i spoke about a couple episodes ago about mental health first aid training that bill for teachers the the realm we're asking for one piece of, of, of what needs to happen because we're telling teachers, yes, you need to be trained to be um, to understand what mental health symptoms look like. But none of this addresses the issues or the shortage or the burnout that we have with teachers. So we're not even addressing the mental health component of teachers. We're asking teachers to take another training when they're already overworked and un- underpaid. You feel what I'm saying? So we're miss. We, 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 we get specific and get strategic. We get specific with things we ask for. And we, we, we then overlook the general um, aspect or topic of what we're asking for by being so specific sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. And so when I say access to mental health care, I speak about generally what it and generally and, 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 I mean what I say specifically, access to mental health care, just like access to health care. In, 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 in health care, you see a lot of primary urgent cares pop up over the past couple of years. We have a tons of urgent cares here in Fredericksburg, um, which have popped up over the recent years because we rarely we really just only had one hospital for the longest time. And then we had a couple patient first stuff like that, but we had one hospital and one ED, and then we ended up with Spotsylvania um, ED, and um, then we had and you know Mary Washington created another hospital, Stafford Hospital, so they had an ED right there. So you had Stafford, then you had Fredericksburg, you had Spotsylvania, you had everybody covered, and then you know a bunch of the patient firsts popped up. We got some urgent cares that popped up, you know even Caroline has an urgent care now down in um in common church area which i think is you know amazing because that eliminates a big need um because people in caroline gotta go either all the way down to richmond um either to hanover and Rico to the param doctors or they come up to mary washington or now spotsylvania they probably come to spotsylvania is a little bit easier so um that's access though that's a very generic and general general conversation. That's access to mental health care. I mean, access to health care by creating 
two additional EDs and in more urgent cares, you now have created access to health care, um, which was not there initially because people had to travel over 30 minutes probably to get to their destination to see somebody. That's just access to health care. Now, in regards to insurance, access to insurance, I can't access health care if I don't have insurance. That was the kind of the premise of Obamacare and universal health care. It's like, hey, you don't have insurance. There's a lack of people insured in, in the nation. You know, health care is super expensive. I remember one time I got three stitches in my thumb and it cost nine hundred and eighty dollars. Um, and I was like, how, <laughs> you know, but either way. So that access to health, access to health insurance. What is specific about what is very specific about that outside of people just having health insurance to get the health care they need? So access to health insurance in order to um, receive the health care that they needed. Now, I forgot to mention there's a, a free Moss clinic here in Fredericksburg, too, that if you don't have insurance, you can go there and get services as well. But um, access to health insurance. So now I have, you know, with that and Medicaid expansion, Medicaid expansion for individuals who have low income to no income, they can have Medicaid. They can get the thought is that if we expand Medicaid um, and have universal health care, if you make a little bit too much money, um, you will have access to the appropriate health care that you need. That is a thought. That is a thought. And that is the overall thought, too, of Medicaid expansion. Now, we just did a Medicaid expansion um, over this past year. And that has extended um, Medicaid to let me see what the numbers are on that in in, in Virginia. I'm just talking about Virginia now because um, I don't know enough about <laughs> other states and how they do stuff. And anytime I talk about those different things, I, I talk about it in a broad aspect of it, though. OK, so. The expansion of Medicaid in, in, in January 1st of 2019, they said that as a result of the new program, 380,000 Virginians would now be enrolled into these services under the new eligibility rules. That as a result of that access to health care insurance that can get you the proper health care that you need. Um, was was done and, and, and it was in a general fashion it was in a general fashion and I keep saying access to mental health care in a general fashion because I feel as though all people should have access to receive mental health care in this country especially in Virginia <laughs> I work in Virginia. I worked in the mental health field in Virginia for close to 10 years, of course. I worked in a community service board. Community service boards, I don't know how other states work, but community service boards in Virginia, we have community service boards um, and behavioral health authorities. These entities are set up in order to provide mental health care, uh, intellectual disability, developmental disability, IDDD, 
um, substance abuse services to those who have low income, no income or homeless, um, primarily for people who don't have insurance or Medicaid. Those are the kind of the criteria. Um, and then also for people who have serious mental illness, IDD, ID or DD. Those are the, the, the kind of the primary reasons why we have community mental health agencies. Initially, community mental health agencies were created after deinstitutionalization, where there was a thought that we just can't keep all these individuals with SMI locked up in these state hospitals for years on end, not to see the light of day. What we're going to do is we're going to let these people out and have them managed by these different community mental health agencies. They didn't think that through, of course. And so we have a shortage of providers. So the need is outweighs the actual work, the workers in a sense. But as over time, as the CSBs evolved, um, they, they serve the SMI population. They serve individuals with substance abuse. They serve um, ID, DD. Um, and then, you know, they serve people who low income, no income, homeless, no insurance or Medicaid. Those are the criterias that the kind of those people that are in that in one of those different arenas can go to CSB or Behavioral Health Authority. Excuse me, and get served. I work in a particular CSB. Used to work in a particular CSB that served five different counties. So we serve Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania, King George, Caroline, and Stafford County. Different CSBs and behavioral health authorities around Virginia serve different areas. So if you come to Richmond, Richmond, the city of Richmond has Richmond Behavioral Health Authority. Chesterfield, uh, I think is uh, Chesterfield CSB. Thanks. So. Or District 19. Nah, District 19. One, one or two things. District 19 and Chesterfield CSB. But, you know, go close to Richmond. You know, you have Richmond Behavioral Health Authority, Hanover CSB, Henrico CSB. In um, Chesterfield CSB District 19, those surrounding areas uh, go out to like um, Tidewater areas, Middle Peninsula CSB. You go to Northern Virginia, you have Prince William CSB, Loudon CSB, Arlington CSB, Alexandria CSB, Fairfax Falls Church CSB. Um, you know, Charlottesville is, is Region 10 CSB. Um, you know, you have District One. You know, you have all these different CSB behavior authorities that 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 serve different areas of Virginia. Some serve one section. Some serve multiple counties, like us at the um, like at Rappahannock CSB. So, some serve super rural areas. Some serve inner city. Some serve county, town, CSB, city. You know, they serve those different type of areas too. Some serve only serious mental illness. Some don't. Some serve, um, you know, uh, only those with Medicaid. So you couldn't even, even if you had private insurance like Blue Cross Blue Shield or um, United Healthcare that's not Medicaid, they would, they 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 wouldn't take you. So at one point in time, you know, Rappahannock or some of the CSBs weren't taking private insurance because they they would either it was just they was only focusing on Medicaid or no insurance because that's typically that's really that's who they they're 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 there to serve. They're not saying they're going to turn you away, 
But if you got private insurance, it's kind of it would be difficult to get you in um, because their 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 job is to serve X, Y, and Z. Um, I can't one of the CSBs I can't remember. They only serve SMI. They only serve individuals with serious mental illness um, because again, that's what they were set up for. So you leave you leave a section of the population without services um as a result and so it becomes very um very different and very difficult to help individuals who need mental health treatment you feel what i'm saying so you know in working in crisis if you needed to speak to somebody right then and there crisis was there for you we wasn't all about putting people in hospitals, but we did do brief solution focused therapy, um, brief crisis therapy. We did do that. And, and during that time, um, but like, say if somebody wanted to get in to just see a therapist, they could come to the CSB. Um, but they might not be, you know, seen, uh, for a couple of weeks. Let's say somebody wanted a psychiatrist and wanted to talk to somebody about medication management. Um, they wouldn't be seen for six up to six weeks because of the 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 caseload. Now, if you was coming out of a hospital, psychiatric hospital, um, you'd probably be seen within the 30 days, a therapist and a psychiatrist. But if you were just coming in from your own self, trying to see a psychiatrist, trying to see a therapist, probably gonna take a couple weeks to get seen by somebody um and just a standard practice across the state and so there's been an issue with getting adequate services um or adequate um access to mental health care in a in a in a appropriate time period because the workmanship their workers the the supply is not there Psychiatrist wait lists are always going to be four to six weeks. Never heard anybody getting them with a psychiatrist super quick outside of coming out of a hospital. Um, therapists can can take up two weeks at a time. I, I, I rarely hear somebody get in the same week or the same day with a with a therapist. You feel what I'm saying? Um, outside of crisis like you come in crisis you see somebody the same day but we're just doing brief crisis therapy for that time period making sure that you're safe solution focused and then we're, we're moving on we're trying to get you into an outpatient provider when i say access to mental health care i am really saying access to um same day mental health care in the same day just as much as you would do in an urgent clinic urgent care clinic it's the same day as what you would do in the ED. Now I've seen, I forgot where I where I've seen this. I was somewhere out uh, Midwest, I believe, that they set up an actual hospital for me, a mental health care hospital where people can come in and actually, um, you know, see somebody that same day and be on a kind of a twenty four hour watch period or something like that, forty eight hour, kind of reducing the 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 psychiatric um, hospital situation because you got to think too. There's also an issue. If somebody needs to go to a psychiatric hospital, sometimes depending on the day of the week or sometimes depending on, you know, the time of the day, 
you might not be able to get somebody into a a, a, a private or sta- a private hospital, private psychiatric hospital. They might have to get sent to a state hospital and nobody wants to go to a state hospital if they don't have to, because the state hospitals are there really for people who who are who have a serious mental illness. That's what the state hospitals are having up there for. But I've worked on cases, um, adolescent and adults where there weren't any beds in the private hospitals. And so I had to send this individual to a state hospital because they were they met criteria for psychiatric hospitalization and, and they needed to go into a hospital because they were not safe to go home. So it's twofold in the sense of that, that, we, we, that in the state of Virginia, we need more psychiatric beds along with I think we need more substance abuse beds. But we need more providers to to from a psychiatric standpoint, from a psychiatrist standpoint, a psychologist standpoint, and then a a therapist standpoint to 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 get seen by um, just to get seen for mental health treatment. So there's a need for mental health treatment and there's a need for um, mental illness treatment as well. You know, it's twofold. And so. When I say access to mental health care, I mean it in the most general, uh, specific uh, standpoint I can because I've worked in it for so long and I've seen the gaps. I've seen the disparities um, working in it from inpatient psych, from outpatient, from crisis, from the state, you know, from those different models. And, you know, there has to be a supplement There has to be a supplement. And we have to be able to put something in place that won't interrupt people's uh, daily life that much, especially for those who aren't SMI, who don't have a mental illness, um, who, who, who just generally need some mental health care because, you know, some things are going awry or some things just need to be checked up on. They want to be make sure everything is good. There needs to be more um, funding in that arena. So. When I say funding uh, or access to mental health care, there needs to be fun, more funding in some 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 um, some facilities that 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 work that work with individuals who have a group of therapists and some psychiatrists and psychologists there, and then also have a a little kind of uh, emergency department urgent care component to it that you know they can deal with crisis mental health crises, they can deal with. Uh, some 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 mental health inconveniences and then we can deal with some mental illnesses and then we can deal with some SMI type stuff as well. And then we can partner with the different community service board, behavioral health authorities, state hospitals, private hospitals and make things happen. And how we do that from an access to mental health care provi- you know, component is we put more funding in the education component um, of getting people. Uh, squared away to do therapy to 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 prescribe medications if need be um to 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 do mental health treatment i think we can change we can speed up i think i can think we can speed up because we if you look at mental health providers you you know when i came up you know i had my b i had my my bachelor psychology and I, i was working in this in a psych unit as a mental health tech and then as a result as i finished that i became a tdt counselor because i was a qualified mental health excuse me mental health provider and mental health professional because of my two years experience in mental health care and so 
you know, as you know, I had that. And so as when I get the master's, the master's is a master's level clinician. So then I can do assessments. I can I can do, you know, the psychiatric hospitalization assessments and stuff like that. I can I can do provisional diagnoses and and, and, and provide, you know, stuff like that. And so that that looks different um, in the state of Virginia. But how can we put funding and services into the field of mental health professionals to help them um, access the education and training, even education and training um, and the licensure process and student loans to to streamline them in the field. You feel what I'm saying? Just like they do nurses and just like they do doctors. It's the same thing. I don't I don't I think as much as we we love the medical model um for some reason we just don't treat mental health as the same the same thing i just don't understand it mental health is part of healthcare. you 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 have more fun well not say more fun but you 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 easily put stuff in place uh for mental health when it comes to a mental illness from a medical model but when it comes to mental health like the daily uh, stress that we deal with on a daily basis, manage our mental health on a daily basis, not so much from a crisis standpoint. Um, even but, but yeah, even in a crisis standpoint, we 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 want to do things differently. As a result of that, and I just don't understand why we can't treat mental health care the same way we do uh, health care and, 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 and medical issues, because it's the same thing. It's just our brain, <laughs> you know, because it's just our mind. You know, and, and we can set up the same model. We can set up the same streamlined model for 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 uh, mental health clinicians as we can with nurses. I think, you know, I really think we can from, you know, CNA to LPN to RN to a master's. I think we can do the same thing with that. I don't think um, I don't think we need to. I don't think you, you need to have master's level clinicians um in a spot where they have to do x y and z hours um in order to get licensed or in order to even sit for licensure you have to do x y and z hours like i think some of what we do in the field of mental health as far as professionals social workers or clinicians is a bit extensive at times and 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 we're not compensated properly for it either versus where in rn's or nurses, they are compensated pretty, pretty, pretty nicely. We're, we're really technically in the mental health, mental health field. You're not compensated well until you get licensed. And then how you manage that license and what work you do is where you, you kind of climb the ladder. But, you know, if you're not licensed, you're not you're not making the best of money and you're working in an environment in a field that's very stressful. That's very that's very tiresome that can burn you out really quickly. And so, but I think we can create a system that streams lines, um, clinicians and, um, provides a better salary, provides a better training, provides a better, uh, access to, to jobs, um, because mental health professionals are, are becoming in need just as much, um, as nursing. And so then we have to look at, you know, from the psychiatry standpoint, you know, there's I see there's a, a good resurgence uh, in, in not resurgence, but a surge 
in psychiatric nurse practitioners because there's a lack of psychiatrists. So you see more nurse practitioners, psychiatric nurse practitioners out there practicing, you know, and, and that's helpful. Um, but why not set up mental health urgent cares? You know, why not set up, uh, well, take the urgent care medical model and put mental health providers in that, you know, um, and, and, and I know there's a, a, a barrier with the crisis piece of it because, you know, you have to have the crisis component. OK, well, bring in law enforcement, bring in alternative agencies, bring in those people to the table, build an infrastructure that can can address these different complex needs um, to to benefit all parties. Benefit those who just need general mental health treatment. Benefit those who might just need a psychiatrist. Benefit those who have SMI, ID, DD, autism, uh, substance abuse services. Uh, build in those different components or, 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 or mental health crises. Build that in. Build it in. Sometimes a lot of people that came through crisis didn't really need crisis therapy. They needed to talk to someone that same day about some stuff that was going on. It wasn't necessarily a mental health crisis. It was a, I just need to talk to somebody that's unbiased that don't, that don't, that's not, um, that's not, you know, that's not gonna put me in the hospital. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good, but I really want to talk to somebody real quick to process and I can't get in to see a therapist. So my best bet is to go see a crisis and say I'm suicidal and I'm really not suicidal, but I just wanted to talk to somebody about something. Cause I don't have nobody to talk to and that can get tricky because the suicide rate is so high right now that if you just come in there and fake and say, and you believe, believe me, there are people that do this. They'll come in and say they're suicidal just to get in to see somebody. Cause that's the only way they can get treatment is that they say they're suicidal and then that'll get me into the place that I need to get to. Cause I can't, I don't have no access to get to anywhere else. But if I say I'm suicidal, everybody will jump and give me the right place. So then when you go on there and you say you, you know, you do the assessment and the person says, no, nah, I wasn't suicidal. I just wanted to get some help. I wanted to get to this place. I wanted to talk to somebody. Then it puts you in a very, very um, tough predicament. Cause you really got to assess if this person suicidal or not. Not saying you don't have to do that with any other case, but I'm saying like you, you, you have to really balance that that line. But how much better would it be if we had uh, facilities in place that somebody could come in and if they're mental, you know, that that's they're suicidal, homicidal, psychotic, they can go into this place and 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 get watched for 24 to 48 hours. Um, let's just say this person did say they were suicidal, but and they, they put them on 24 hour monitor, um, in this, in this mental health, urgent care, I guess. And they, they did assessment and they, they did a, another assessment before the next day. And, 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 um, they get seen and they're fine. Okay. Well, let's get you over here. You're over there. You didn't do anything last night. You were fine. You just need to speak to somebody. We're going to keep you on that. Keep you moving. Somebody else came in there. They are suicidal. They really do want to, you know, harm themselves. They they don't have no will to live. They they're hopeless. They're worthlessness. They feel they they the initial assessment shows that they still feel the same way the next day. 
They go to crisis and then they get to a psychiatric hospital. Somebody needs detox. Somebody needs a detox for that that night or they need it immediately. Hey, we can detox you right here. And I know that costs money. I know that all costs money. I'm just being, you know, a social worker. But <clears throat> there's ways we can do it. There are fundings to do it. I, we're, we're spreading. We're, we, we're so reactionary. We throw money at one big when it becomes a crisis we throw money at it and then we're left with oh well we threw money at this um we forgot about this component of it <laughs> you know that's i think the the same thing we did with the substance abuse crisis the opioid epidemic we threw money at the opioid epidemic and people still overdosing people still committing suicide what what are we treating we're treating this the, the actual symptom and the, the the actual um epidemic but we're not treating the whole person so again creating something that that a facility or infrastructure that can address the multiple complex needs of mental health care in one sitting with a medical model in mind partnering with the different entities to help facilitate that you create something that is destigmatizing that is is going to um decrease the likelihood of somebody not having access to treatment and, and hitting on and addressing all those different components that make up for what the CSBs um, typically address and then what the private providers try to address but don't have the openings to do so. So that's access to mental health care. I needed to expand upon it because it sounds general. It sounds just like, oh, wait, we're just talking about, no, 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 no. Hitting at all the infrastructures to make access to mental health care as easy as going to an urgent care or emergency department. That's what I'm talking about. It's always deeper than that. So that's my thoughts on it. I went oh, way over my time. I didn't post to go this long, but um yeah, let me know your thoughts about that, man. I just really want to see how we can, what we can create to, you know, figure that out, man. I think, you know, the insurance panels, I believe the insurance companies are on par with this 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 thought pattern. Um, when I was working in uh Department of Aging uh, as an intern, um, they had used this model called um, No Wrong Door, and they was using these pace these these centers called these pace centers where you know, for older adults, instead of sending older adults to over here to the cardiologist and over here to the um, the primary care doctor and over here to, you know, your um, endo doctor, you know, they instead they had to go through all these different appointments to see their providers. And it would be, you know, very tiresome. It's a lot on the person that's transporting them. Uh, if they have Medicaid transportation, they got to keep you. They got to set that up, you know, in a different way. Um, they created these centers. If, you know, all, you know, all inclusive care so that you would go to these centers and you'll see your primary care doctor. You can see your cardiologist. You can see, you know, a mental health professional if you need be all in the same center. So. That is something I think we can model in the mental health world or we can take the urgent care component and just drop in the site care in that. So you have, you know, most of your EDs in Virginia have mental health um, staff that do assessments in the ED, stuff like that. But 
let's just say we drop more providers in the ed so you drop like general uh mental health providers which can be your you mean it's going to be your therapist and your psychologist and then your social workers x y and z and if it's a um it's a crisis they go to the ones that who are pre-screeners or who are eligible to assess for psychiatric care or not let's just say if it was general mental health care you have uh supervisors who supervise these msw students or bsw training to come msw who can do generalized assessments and generalized therapy um for that time period right there um you have uh maybe a psychiatrist um that's that's there or just the doctors psychiatric nurse practitioners that can do assessments um in the ed for those who may have an smi or they have addiction or substance abuse issues or IDDD, like they can they can be in that mix. You know what I'm saying? Let's say you just have four. You just have let's just say you have an LCSW and maybe like let's see an LCSW and a LCSW or LPC, um, a psychiatrist or a nurse a psychiatric nurse practitioner is probably gonna be a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Let's say a psych nurse practitioner, um, <clears throat> a LCSW or L- LPC, a psychologist couple bsw students and a couple msw students that would eliminate that would really or, or a couple students you partner with the agent you partner with the school systems um who need interns who who, who these school systems who need interns uh and, and we have internships that we need to, to complete by you have them you partner with the school system to bring them in to do assessments as long as you have a licensed professional on hand, if it gets to a point where it's 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 it's, it's crisis needed, you bring in the licensed professionals or you bring in the people that's um uh pre-screen eligible to do that, cause they're and they're already gonna be established in the hospital anyway, cause they're already part of that. It's not as hard as we think it is, but it gives people access to mental health care. So we need to figure it out. <laughs> Just my thoughts, man. Just my thoughts, man. If you have thoughts or opinions about this, please let me know. Um, like, share, comment, and, you know, hit me up, man. You know what I'm saying? We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, any other podcast or streaming platforms. We're on that as well. Please do not hesitate to um, to hit me up. I think this is a, a t- conversation that needs to be had. Uh, I think that we we can we can do something with this. We just need to figure out the infrastructure and how we can streamline. It. That's all. Um, but let me know what your thoughts about it, man. Let me know if you have a different opinion. Let me know if you think there's something else needs to happen. Um, and and just let me know. We go from there, man. And I think you know a piece of this too is part of the school system. I think to me we just need to integrate care, just as much as we integrate healthcare. We integrate mental health care into healthcare with that as well. So, um, but yeah, man, I hope this episode was, um, interesting to you. I hope that we can, uh, figure, um, you know, figure out how we can get this, this conversation started. And so, um, I appreciate you. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.